Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes, and with me is the godfather of golf, Peter Donahue. He's back. You're back, <laughs> Pete. You're back from Seattle and, yep. and COVID. COVID. You, and you're, you're, you're here in the flesh. I know it. I know it. It was uh, glad to have been vaccinated. Uh, you know, I, I can get over the flu, and uh, that's what I'm getting over. So... So yeah, it was a great trip. I was with my granddaughter and my daughter, and uh, it was terrific. My wife—I'd forgotten what a good mom she was—and uh, <laughs> she she uh, took that two-year-old in tow, and they were fast friends. And the wow. uh, kid didn't give her any trouble because she wasn't going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. Wow. Um, so what have you been? Every time I see you, you have stacks and stacks of yellow legal notebook paper surrounding you yeah what's uh what's, what's going what's on been the project lately well uh a no, you know a number of things um i mean a lot of it is is just uh, you know that our lives are filled with projects you know there's and you got to get stuff done you know you got to be able to uh to do what you do uh, at work and do what you need to do at home so you know i've always uh i've gotten i'm getting better at that stuff and life is getting easier like income tax right now is for instance is like i always used to be a deadline crazed person you know like last minute trying to where's yelling where's the where have you filed this i can't find that well we should have this and so now i'm doing it i've broken the project down and i spend about 30 minutes a night at the dining room table while you know while my wife is watching the news and so we sort of chat about that and it's so much better. So I'm doing that too with my golf game and uh, and with other stuff. You know, I, I started to notice that uh, you know any wall that you look at that's yours is your canvas, and so you can like fill it with things that you like, hmm. and you know, and in a way that you know you would uh, f- you and others might find uh, enjoyable. So that's the way I'm looking at. Uh, that loft office we have in back right now. So, you mentioned uh, your golf game. What are you working on or focusing on? Well, um, yeah, I'm focusing on uh, on fun and functional movement. You know, uh, the golf swing, as I've known it in my life, has been uh, a series of directions, um, you know, given to me by a coach about you know feel this and try to do that and Steve was making a move the other day he was kind of uh he was working in back and he was working on a an arched wrist motion and his lead wrist going back and I said to him you know in 1978 when I got into the golf business I I spent f- the next five years trying to get rid of that move <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to <laughs> and he's trying to get it yeah. so you know it's like uh, the search for the perfect swing, uh, you know, the, the, the model changes. And uh, so what I'm looking at right now is uh, 
uh, you know, other people like um, descendants of the teacher John Jacobs, uh, namely Jim Hardy, among others, realized that there's, you know, a really at least two distinct different motions uh, that you can make in golf. And one is with the, the hands flying out away from the body and the other is with the, the hands coming in and around the body. And so, uh, so as I've, you know, uh, been trying uh, with uh, uh, my coach to uh, be able to develop myself better physically as an athlete, uh, you know, I've started to come across the uh, the simplicity in the, the uh, of functional movement, and uh, and so I am ex- exercising swing motions out of uh, lifts and chops, you know, which is a is a basic exercise. You know, anybody in a gym, you know, with a pulley system of weights will go from low to high as a lift and from high to low as a chop. And those diagonal motions across the body in a, you know, from a standing position engage the legs and the, and the hips and the pelvis. And so, um, you know, it's uh, becoming clearer to me how you can be in a, I call it a gym setting, but it, but it can be just any room and with your own weight and, mm-hmm. and perhaps, you know, augmenting that with weights mm-hmm. and things that you can lift and throw uh, and stretch. Um, you know, I'm getting functionally better as, a, as an athlete and then uh, as a golfing athlete. So, and I've endeavored to do this not in um, necessarily trips to the gym, but in any space. Because if I can practice in any space, then I can practice in the in-between times of the day. And uh, so, at any rate, you saw me this morning. I, was, I call that uh, melee, and that is just uh, really exercise ways of swinging the club. I might as well be swinging a weighted club in some respects because part of it is that I'm running an experiment on every swing. And... Um, and just for the for the sake of exercise, and on the other hand, if I decide that I want it to be a shot, yeah. it can in an instant turn into a shot. So I mean, it's endlessly fun. How would you, how would you practice if you, let's say, could only take, let's say you had like a lower ceiling at your house and you yeah. could never take a full swing, yeah, and maybe you just have a little net, yeah, in a small room, yeah, what would you do? Well, um, you know, in the first uh, place, uh, you know, I we used to uh, when I was when I lived in dormitories in school, we used to play, and you may have as well, but we used to play hall hockey, mm-hmm. where one guy would be the goalie and the other guy would be the shooter, and you know, you'd you'd fire at each other, and you know, were playing in a in a very low ceiling, and it was a riot because you know the goalie had to be lightning fast and the the pucks, whatever they were made of, they could be soft foam balls or they could be things you made out of athletic tape. Yeah. Uh, and they'd skid off the walls. And, and you know, you'd be shooting with skill because, you know, hockey players shoot for places, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so you're targeting. You know, you're developing this kind of automatic response to a flight and to a portal like a keyhole that you want to hit this thing through and you know you're able to produce 
I mean, to me, it's a damn miracle that somebody could be skating down the ice on, yeah. you know, and be able to fire something through a keyhole into an upper corner or between the legs. I mean, it's, uh, and that's that's golf skills, mm-hmm. you know. So, so you know, I think all of that applies. Sometimes that's been lost over the years because of the way that we've taught golf in what I call standing lessons, where some teacher is standing outside the student and saying, okay, this is how you stand, this is how you do it. Uh, Instead of saying, okay, let's go run around this field and pass this ball to each other and we'll play some form of catch Mm -hmm. or or go fetch. You know, that's what uh, soccer is. You know, you kick a ball way downfield and somebody runs after it and gets possession of it. Well, I mean, I think that's that's how golf was played uh, in Holland when they called it Colfin and they played it on frozen rivers. You know, you'd whack the thing down the ice and your people would take off after it and whoever got there first, you know, you, and you may have goals to defend and stuff like that, but, you know, it could be anything like that. You watch those, those guys downstairs. I mean, you know what they made up out of that net game that you just showed them? No. Something like wall ball, where you hit a wedge and then try to catch it off the net. Catch the ball? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 And it only took them like 20 seconds for, <laughs> you know, to figure out how to game sure. with a stick and ball. Yeah. Pretty cool. So you would say more play stick and ball games are training, you know, training golf as, as well? I think very much so because, you know, Training it in the same way that someone learns how to throw. Sure. You know, I mean, you just have to do it through reps, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, any, I've started playing a game with myself in the pebble this morning about, about that. I, I would throw the ball, you know, a rubber ball like Steve McQueen used in The Great Escape when he was in prison and, mm-hmm. you know, boom, 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 and played that same boom, boom game. You know, I threw it with my left hand to hit the ground and then hit the wall and then I go catch it. Well, I'm such a scatter arm left-handed that it got to be a pretty athletic game because mm. <laughs> it's all over the place. I'm running for the ball and I'm getting better without sweating it, so to speak. You know, like, oh, gee, that trial failed. But you say you're like training, you're training movements. Yes. That, that, even if even if you're going to play golf right-handed, like if you're good better with your left hand, that will still help you. Yes, it, it will. I think yeah. because you know uh, Fred Astaire was a great dancer because Ginger Rogers was a great dancer dancing backwards, and so when you you train uh, you know either side of the body to be you know uh, a complementary or or an alternative. You know, yeah. there's pulling the, the swing through 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 feelings with the left side, and then there's also pulling things through and thrusting through the, the trail side. And so uh, so all of those things make you better as an athlete. What would you how would you um what would you you know, what would you say to some pushback that I'm sure you could imagine? Um, I think in our in our M360 class, I let, we led a station that actually involved, we like were rolling golf balls at, you know, at the student off like that true roller. They were hitting full swing shots. And then we had them actually do it with their eyes closed. 
<laughs> and they like some of them were able to like Charlotte Jazowski was able to do it like the first three times, just like boom, 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 like perfect contact. Isn't that something? Yeah, and and it's and it was like fun. It was like a good it was like a good activity. Yeah, you know, but it, it's kind of like frivolous. Well, yeah, like what like what is this really doing? Well. What is it really doing? I mean, can you imagine, and you, I know you can, uh, you know, the the mental imagery and the sense and the sensations, the keen sensations that this kid is exercising. It's like people who learn to play music. You know, if you learn, if you're learning to use your mind to visualize things and to, I mean, you are stimulating parts of it that, that people that operate out of verbal symbols only uh, – may experience but they don't they're not aware of it because they're so aware of the verbal symbols right they they, they're not picking up that the verbal symbols are stimulating sensory images and uh and when you know that you can deliberately exercise it and get it better and then and in when you go to make a change in your physical golf swing Mm -hmm. you're much more likely to be able to to, visu- to create visual representations of it, either from the inside looking out or from the outside looking in, and you're able to create f- feel imaging, imaging, like proprioception, like where's my hand when I'm not looking at it, mm-hmm. to you know the physic- physical uh, feedback that you get from, from your body, from how you, how you actually have to move. Uh, in order to do something like if you're not very like I'm not uh, yet very uh, flexible through through your uh, scapula through your back, then um, you know you you have a hard time in some respects sort of lagging. You yeah, know, sure. in the swing, you can't lag with your lat, so you end up having to lag with your wrists and and that. That's a, it's just a chain that you've got sure. to consider. Yeah. So anyway, no, it's good because I mean, in our class, we've been we've been doing. I guess I probably showed you like um, Dr. Michael Larden has de- developed like the mental scorecard. Um, so, you know, Phil Mickelson and other players use it where they're basically a, a pre-shot routine that you've any not everyone else uses a similar thing of like first play like think box then play box yep. and then like o- over the ball can are you trusting or committing yep. to yourself you know and then he would he has you like actually keeps keep track of that and you're trying to um see how you know what your percentage is like you cool. know how many shots it, it is cool like it's a potential like benefit could be um it's giving the students especially like these junior golfers who are trying to play at a high level they you know they miss those steps often or they kind of blend together or you know they get over the ball and they're still planning you know for instance and so it's like helpful to kind of identify some of those things um but but the like i guess maybe the teeter-totter of it is it turns into if they don't the mental scorecard is really interesting for me because like i like it was something I was interested in. I bought the book. I searched it out. Like I'm like I want to figure out how to implement this in my game. And so now we have you know if you have an eighth to ninth grader who's kind of like in golf, like they maybe aren't approaching it in the same way. And they're like like why you know why do you want me to do this or not necessarily that they would ever like they've ever asked that, but of 
they're going through it in the way that, in a way that like an adult <coughs> has told them they need to do this, and so they're doing <coughs> it, and that is maybe not, you know, getting the best, you know, the best results from it. No, maybe not. But you're, you know, you're on a. Tr- all athletes um, have a way to trigger and get their thing underway, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what you see with kids a lot of times is that they're they they don't take advantage of that, you know. They don't kind of develop a sort of a rhythmic way to move their body with a plan. Mm-hmm you know, or reliability. But, you know, a simple sort of rehearsing run-through of, you know, maybe the, the core action to, fro, yeah. uh, you know, can start to provide feedback to you about how you're balanced over your feet or how the, the sequence of the swing is or where you're striking on the ground. And to, you know, uh, golf is a feat of skill, and you know the, and you want to find out ways to kind of tease that out of yourself and part of it is is um you know just to realize how uh to operate yourself differently to operate yourself as, with the ball moving at you as if this was a um i i it's called something in train in in uh, athletic training there's a you know, it's, it's something like open-ended versus closed-ended or something like that. And the, what they refer to is it, it, the skills that you would teach in soccer in a game where you're constantly adapting mm-hmm. aren't the same as how you train platform diving, which mm-hmm. is the same thing in the same environment, you know, over and over again. So which is golf? Mm-hmm. You know, are we yeah. are we training, you know, the three-and-a-half uh, – flips and with a half twist inward somersault or are we training Irish hurling yeah so I think you do both yeah because you know how what does commit and trust mean at the moment of execution it means (laughs) if you were in full flight uh you know on a hurling field or a tennis court you'd intercept the ball and you'd be able to hit it solidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're not doubting yourself. You're not giving yourself instruction. You're just reacting. I mean, reacting. Reacting. I love the... <laughs> we need a better word than reacting for golf because the ball's just sitting there. You're not, yes. you're not reacting to it. But, but you yeah. need that, you know... I, I, I know what it's trying to say. You know, like... Send me. Yeah, approach. Yeah, approach the ball. This, you know, the same way you would, same mindset as if you know it were baseball being pitched to you, or you know, you're reacting to something. But it's hard when it's just sitting there. When it's just, and that's yeah. exactly right. That's why the great challenge of the game. It's just sitting yeah. there. It doesn't stimulate you to, to act. But the movement, the anticipated flight. Uh, the uh, the sense of of the the physical movement of the swing, uh, which you know pre-lived uh, either through a waggle or just mentally, you know your ability to be able to sit in a chair and actually feel the motion of the swing and get the muscles to fire as you know Olympic skiers do, mm-hmm. in you know in, in training to come down a, a course and just. Uh, just going through their movements and not really 
you know, and, or the guy you know that's climbing, uh, climbing the uh, scaling the the, the sheer uh, cliff. You know, I mean, he's got a set of moves that he, uh, he's charted. You know, like I know that he yeah, can yeah. sit in a chair and you know and imagine them. Well, you know, can you imagine what sort of personal asset that is to have developed for yourself that you can yeah. cause your body to your neuromuscular pathways to fire sure oh my god i mean you could practice you know between meetings between phone calls you know between shots that you're watching with your student I mean, it, it's a uh, yeah they do there's a there's a picture of the uh the base the manfred the baseball commissioner like practicing his swing between meetings you know of like the lockout <laughs> And so he's getting some criticism of... Yeah, where's his mind at? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See where it is on golf. Maybe that's where it should be. That's okay. Well, yeah. you, you know, there's a this and a that, I think, to practice that's very valuable. Somebody showed it to me one time. They said, you know, you, you want to penetrate down on something, go ahead and start talking about it. And, and then, uh, then as a, for instance, look around the room and describe the doorknob. Uh, and and then you do that, and then come back to what you were just penetrating, and you can drill down on things, whether they're emotional, you know, conflicts that you're having, or anything, whether this and then that. And when you look at how you know elite athletes train, like Tiger, you watch him train, hit some balls, you know, kick the thing, clean the club, look at the grooves, walk around, make a few waggle swings, bup, 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 then back, and you know that's. That's a lot of times what deep practice looks like. This and that. This and that. You made me think of uh, something you said last week of when we were talking talking about giving private lessons or, or instruction, um, and how one of your goals is to like make the make the student feel empowered yeah. and make sure that they, you know, feel good like you're helping them see the good things that they have, you know, in them. And look um, straight, you know, look straight at themselves, you yeah. know, and not be, not, not to be blameful about, you know, whatever it is that you find yeah. it. And it, I was thinking about how we, in our classes or maybe even in lessons, um, we don't, we go about it in a way of saying like, here's, here's something the professionals do here's something which is something that you don't do so if you did this you would be better yeah and that's that's coming at it as a way from like you need to do all of these things differently you know and then at the same time we're trying to get them to trust themselves <laughs> right ah uh, okay right yeah. and so yeah. it's like you need to do all these things differently that you don't do mm -hmm. um and one of them is trust yourself and so like let's practice doing it and i'm just wondering is there a another way to come at it where it's you're you're helping them as you say like look at themselves and maybe identify the things that they are good at. you know that's it's a harder way to do it because you, you know what i mean yeah well um i think you know if if you if you set up in your culture and the culture of your lesson you know that there are there are like high ideals like what we're trying to do here is 
for you to be able to uh, to teach yourself, you know, to be able to find, you know, find on your own and do your own problem solving. Mm -hmm. Okay, because then you really own it. Yeah. You know, and so so that's what we're doing. So here's a model, and then here's let's see how you can do the model, and now can you do it differently? Because that's another one of our high ideals, hmm. and that is find ways to do the same thing differently because then you can adapt to situations as you find them on the golf course. The ball's up above your feet, it's below your feet, it's uphill, it's downhill. Mm -hmm. And if you've only got one thing that you can do and that's hit off a flat ground, well then you don't have enough. So can you swing that club closer to your feet? Can you swing it and hit the ground farther away from your feet? Can you tell, you know, when you've reached out so far that your balance goes to your toes or if you stand so close to it that you lose your, your way towards your heels? And once players start to explore, you know, movement and be able to tell on their own and you can run little experiments, you know, hit, then they get more skillful at, hitting what they're intending to hit mm -hmm. because they they're they're moving it around they're they're uh, they're seeing where the error is they're over correcting the error mm -hmm. and then they're finding a middle ground and they, and if, if they if they f that they follow that basic way of problem solving goldilocks and the three bears i mean they're way ahead of the game you know mm -hmm. because how many how many times have you seen somebody you know, uh, act as is famously said, like a crazy person, and that is do the same thing over and over again and expect to get a different result. So if right away you kind of set up that uh, circumstances so that the student child, you know, sees that they have the power to do different things and then the power to choose mm -hmm. their intention between different things, well, now they have a powerful tool to move themselves forward because anytime they're swinging and they hit the ground and and now you know you explore that even further you know now does you how you stand have anything to do with that can you stand too close can you stand too far away can you find your own way and show me what you think your best stance away from the ball is bingo this is what i think is my best stance away from the ball let's Let's see you do that. Let me take a movie of you doing that. And now they do. So what could you do then further to empower them? You could have them show that to their, their folks. So their folks see that they're problem solvers and that dad doesn't have to say, you're standing too. Yeah. Dad could say, what do you think? Do you think you might have been standing too close or too far from the ball? And now dad's in on the, yeah. the way of empowering the kid, too. So that's what, what I kind of what I mean. Yeah. That's it's a good way going about it. How would you think and just envisioning this putt? I saw a bunch of people hit last night in our class of down the slope to one of the front holes. And it just like kept run, kept like running off the green. And then the, so then the issue there is like either the student and kind of like getting this circling back starts off student doesn't put enough care into the putt that you know they just oh just get up hit it it's 
too bad. And then so then as a coach, we see the students not putting enough care. Let's give them these three steps to do. Um, <coughs> they you know so then they can do it again. Um, <coughs> then we watch a student go through the putt. Maybe they do the three steps, um, but then now all of their intent is on like remembering the three steps they're trying to do before each putt. Maybe they're trying to remember something in their technique and there's their mind is in all these, all sorts of places and they hit an equally, an equally poor putt. I'm wondering, is there a way we could, and maybe it's just different ways of like what you're talking about, but ways of training them. Like it's not that hard of a putt. Like you're a good player. Like how can you, how can you have more confidence in yourself? You know, maybe it's like training confidence is a, or I trust. Think... I don't know what I'm really getting at. Well, I think you you do. You know that there's something wrong. You've yeah. somehow overburdened the attention space that that the player has. You know, they're uh, you know, do you want them to f- see and feel and visualize the putt, or do you want them, you know, and can they compartmentalize, you know, the uh, you know these these things? You know, you go through all your think box things and your boop boop boop, and then you flow out of that. Is that a difficult thing to maybe transition. Well, I, 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 here's what I think: that it would probably be a good idea to do it with to to establish a, a, a rote pattern of operation. Like in basketball, I think if you said to somebody, "I want you to develop a, a shot routine for your free throw," okay, I'm not going to have you shoot at a basket. I'm going to have you shoot at a wall. Because now, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have, as Chuck Hogan uh, urged uh, uh, young people like me when I was young, uh, eliminate ambiguity. And ambiguity can either mean you're using a term that has more than one meaning, or it can mean you've got a different, you've got a conflict of going on here. Yeah. What, what do you want them to focus on? You know, they're distracted. Sometimes when you use video and you're trying to help somebody, it's not helpful because you can't focus their attention. They see something else in the swing that they, oh, gee, I didn't know I was so fat, Mm. you know, or whatever. Um, But um, we had a surprise drop in. Uh, Chris Olerking, he's back. Uh, we thought, you know, <laughs> baby number two is on the way, but, you know, here you are wa- walking up the <laughs> stairs, um, asking Pete and I what our topic is. You know, I'd love to have you join join in. Yeah, um, thank you. I'm so uh, I'm so honored to uh, be on the show. It's a rare treat. I mean, <laughs> we've had a lot of episodes, and it's a rare sighting whenever <laughs> you're here. Which yeah. is well, we're thing. in his home. Yeah, we're in the money room. Exactly. Yeah, we weren't <laughs> expecting you, or else you know we'd be back. Um, you asked uh, what our topic is, and we actually do have a topic most of the time. Uh, I don't like to ever give Pete the topic, um, which <laughs> is frustrating to him, but but not to me and the listeners. So um, on on um, the last podcast, we were talking. Our, I was talking with Pete and Jansen about. Um, this a Fred Shoemaker idea of the difference between your goals and your purpose as far as golf is concerned and kind of his idea is that like if you're only if all you have are your goals like to break par then you'll end up like getting frustrated and it's going to be the only thing you think about um, and so his, you know his purpose was to you know swing and play with freedom which is kind of an interesting purpose you could have out on the course we had a little bit of trouble like 
thinking of other like purposes you know we'd have for golf like reasons to play i don't know pete have you ever you know considered that that distinction i know you've read his books before reasons to play no like your purpose yeah yeah but the difference well, of a purpose which is like a larger like umbrella yeah, you know narrative yeah. and then goals maybe kind of fit under that you know well i would say that as a for instance i mean because i you know i look at all of it as exercise you know you're, you're going to exercise something today you know i'm going to you know that you know that's what sport is it's either an organized or a casual activity you know whose benefit is either to uh display or develop physical ability, mental ability, strength of character. I mean, those are, you know, so that, so it's an exercise in that. And I think you can make a decision as you go out in a day, hey, I'm going to play with this in mind, like for Fred to be able to play with complete freedom. Well, let's say you want to go out and you want to exercise your, your visualization skills and so you were going to pay particular attention to that and you were going to you know see about about it is it uh how does it occur to you you know what how do you experience it is it something you do with your eyes open or your eyes closed do you see as michael murphy did in golf in the kingdom a blue ball sailing down the fairway do you can you feel your swing that produces this and, and, you know, as you exercise that, then you can, you can see that every time you do it, you're, you're moving yourself forward. So if that's all you accomplish during the day is just a, an experiment and an exploration of that, and then golf happens, well, you could say that too. Hey, while I was thinking about this today, golf happened and I shot 68 or I shot 82. You know, I mean, it doesn't much matter because your purpose was met. You were exercising yourself with purpose. And you can do that with anything. You know, I want to feel the swing through my left side today. You know, or I want to hit cuts all the way around the golf course or draws. You know, I mean, you're just, you're shifting your perspective. And when you do that, you develop the ability to shift your perspective and to find something more useful than the one that you've got. Like, I had a student come in the other day and tell, you know, start to tell me about, you know, uh, his golf game. That A friend of his has said, you know, let's get better this summer. Let's really make a concerted effort to get better. And Steve said, you know, I, I really haven't made a concerted effort to get better in the last few years. And so, so we started to explore what that would mean. And it, with his putting, he has the yips. And so, you know, developing a strategy to that ultimately you would hope would rewire his nervous system when it comes to the subject of putting. That's something I'm not, I've seen people do it. I've seen people recover from the yips. I've seen a Stan Utley exercise that, that enables people to uh, get rid of it in the short term. So I know that there are physical things that can be done uh, to mitigate. And on our way to doing what? on our way to finding our way to trust and freedom from a place where we're di where we feel dis-ease did you set that up that story up for the student about i mean did you talk about trust freedom and dis-ease yes yeah yeah 
Yeah, and we talked about, you know, well, what would you do? How could you, you know, stay ahead of, of it? Well, you have different ways of standing and different ways of holding and different, you know, looking at the hole, not looking at the hole, looking, closing your eyes. I used to hit, I went through a period of time where I hit all two feet, foot putts and in with my eyes closed. I go through my routine, eyes closed, stroke. You know, because I was trying to make my way back from... <laughs> and I did. You know, so it was a device. You employed a tool, an idea, an, an intervention on yourself. And I think constant change in that case is beneficial because I think it, it I think part of what happens is that you you stand in in rigid postures with your hands and with your body and um, and you stress yourself out you put yourself in a in a neuromuscular place that would breed dysfunction and it does in pianists and musicians and artists, and they get they get cramp, they get writer's cramp, and it's a so it's a common human disease. Yeah. So you mentioned different things such as like freedom, um, moving towards ease, exercise, all these different things that golf, you know, kind of could be the umbrella of purpose. And I, I guess I thought I heard on a podcast like a story that maybe helps open up some thinking as to what golf per what other golf purposes people could you know develop or uncover for themselves of like what you know what actually matters the most to them about about why they play and what they're doing um and it was from the pete holmes podcast who's a comedian he was talking about how he likes um post-apocalyptic movies do you guys ever watch those like no chris never never watched uh I don't know, Mad Max or something, where oh, it's I like I haven't. Like the 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 nukes have like destroyed all the cities, and it's just it's a, too. It it really for for me who was born at the beginning of the nukes, the the baby boomers. Part of that upbringing was you know hiding under the desk, being trained to hide under the desk after the bomb went off. So, so the, it's not it's not a vision that I have sought out. <laughs> <laughs> So you can imagine, it's just like a, there's not that many people around, but there's just like small groups of, you know, it's like a couple guys who are traveling around with, a, you know, a sword. and But then they find something, they find like a water bottle with like three ounces of water in it. And it's like the best thing ever because, you know, water's hard to find. And so he was saying like, or like they find a, like a old KFC like wet nap, you know, that I'm sure you've used to like wipe off Christopher's face before and and it's the best thing ever because they had no way to get clean but they found but they found this thing and so he's saying I was wondering if I could bring some of that like appreciation for just common objects into you know the everyday everyday life like the fact that we just have you know a water bottle or coffee cup or Pete you can make coffee for you know in a push of a button like if you were you know traversing the the Badlands, and, and you found a cup of hot coffee, it'd be the most amazing thing ever, but you probably, like, you know, have the coffee and don't even think twice about how cool it is that, you know, you can walk downstairs and do yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, so our, our thought experience, experiment um, and, the, and the, you know, the overall topic of this episode is let's just imagine, you know, the nukes come and somehow it's the three of us who survive 
maybe there's more people out there we don't know but we're the only people from the golf practice and our families are gone unfortunately but you know we we're out trying to survive walking you know they're always walking somewhere in these movies they just need somewhere to go because see if there's more life out there better food you know whatever we're barely surviving we're barely getting by but let's say like we, we come upon you know it's been years let's say you know 10 years since whatever the the apocalypse i guess and but we and we stumble upon a golf course and and there's a pro shop stocked with with clubs and <laughs> everything you would need to play the game um, <coughs> what like what sorts of things would you be would you be most excited about and like i guess first question like what would be the first thing what would be the first thing you would you would think about or like even grab club and a ball you know so which one I mean, as many as I could. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah, a pro yeah. shop stock. No, I know. I'm getting know. a whole set. We're going yeah. out to play. All right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, boy. Well, let's just imagine like it's a stocked pro shop and you, you, you're you going to pick out something first, which would it be your putter? Would you pick out your wedge? Like, Well, probably a new shirt. <laughs> it was 10 years. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> 10 years. Yes. And yeah, let's feel like a golfer again. Sure. And... Um, uh, and I wouldn't grab a putter first. I'd okay. want to see the ball airborne. Okay. So something with loft. Like a seven iron? Like a seven iron. All right. Pete, what would you, what would Yeah. A lot of it would depend on, you know, what what, what the place looked like. But yeah. uh one of the first things, you know, that uh Yeah, I would definitely grab a seven iron. So yeah. I mean that that would be, and probably because uh, you know sentimentally that was the first club I ever had, and you know you can we all know you can do different stuff with with a lofted club. You can take loft off of it, you can add loft to it. So, and I'd love for us to go some you know to some situation and you know start playing, you know, games. I don't know that I'd take off you know from the first tee, but I'd like to go down the first fairway and or down someplace. I'd like to look for a shot that I wanted to, to play, mm. you know, and, uh, and then, you know, and I, then we'd have a game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's get, who can, who can do what? I could imagine the scene right now with the cameras around us and just the looks on our faces and the smiles, like, you know, we're all <laughs> scruffy and dirty looking, but we're just like bliss. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to hit this thing through that keyhole in the air there. <laughs> And land it, and it's going to bounce there, and then it's going to hop up like that. Yeah, an iron in. What do you think about, so, like, both your minds go to, like, seeing the ball fly. Yeah. But not necessarily as far as possible. What is it about the seven versus, like, why didn't you grab grab a driver? Um, That's a good question. I think, uh, like Peter said, you can do more with it. Um, probably have more confidence <laughs> than I could after 10 years <laughs> pick this club up and swing it <laughs> and hit it again. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's that's probably it. I think, you know, I think my 7-iron goes higher than my driver. I'm not sure. I'll have to check track, man. Yeah. But I think whatever can go the highest, even mm-hmm. though they're all supposed to go the same. But Yeah. But it is definitely, they're different, you know, I mean, they're different appeals. 
are, you know, aren't there. I mean, there's the launch and the appeal to launch. I mean, it's definitely there. It's strong within all of us. You know, we want to we wanna express ourselves as powerful athletes, you know, launching that ball. We want to feel, the, you know, the sensation of the solid contact. We want to feel the strength, you know, that we can generate and the flexibility and the balance and all that stuff. And then we want to, we'd like to roll it too, you know. I mean, if you had the Himalayas, especially, you know, if you had something, if you had a hard, fast place where you could go find some cool putts, I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? And I think you get a little more field feedback back in your hands after a seven iron versus a driver, you know, and then feeling the ground, the yeah, turf yeah. interaction, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree. I just, it's interesting. I just think about certain things or talking points or what becomes popular in golf today. And then, so I like, let's imagine, you know, in the post-apocalyptic world, what's like the first thing your mind like jumps to? It's not like that Bryson video with all with loud music playing and all those guys like screaming at him to hit it, you know, 400 yards. Like that's <laughs> not that's probably not what we do on the first tee. <laughs> like, like all right, Pete. Like, <laughs> no, there's something more. There's something different uh, to the experience that we would all kind of kind of look for. Yeah, uh, I I think you know being able to you know find your ball and do it again you know even if you were walking around in a wasteland mm-hmm. you know let's say it was just a sand scrub thing i mean you know to go from here to there you know is is like uh let's do it again i mean it, you know the extent that you launched at 300 yards it's like well how many times are we going to get to do it and and <laughs> you know there's there's something about really connecting with a target like you know if you were one of the things that I would love to do, you know, with whatever projectile we found, uh, I mean, if it was if it would lend itself, I love to play catch. You know, I mean, even if we had to just hit a tennis ball back and forth to each other, I mean, yeah, you go over there, hey, go deep, you know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna send this thing in the end zone. Let's see if you can catch it. You know that wedge club that uh, that I, you know, have been puddling around with. You know the the, the full design of that is that one side be the wedge club and the other side be a lacrosse basket so that you could run and play this game. <laughs> so, Catch it, throw it on the ground, yeah. wedge it back. Yeah, and hey, you go down there, wham! Let's go, Pete. Keep that, yeah. keep that hey, dream go going. Go deep, go deep. I'll hit you along. Sounds pretty cool. It could also be used as like a weapon. We need to defend ourselves. Fend off wolves. Know, from, <laughs> Definitely. From, or a, a plowshare. Yeah. You know, that wonderful thing about a golf club Jeez. is you could hold the garden, you could defend the castle, or you could go play golf. <laughs> you know, I mean, I ran across the other day, you know, this, this thing I was looking up. What are the old clubs called? And so, you know, I, I found it and I printed it out. And one of the, what was on the top of the second page was called a Sabbath stick. And that was a walking stick that somebody could walk with. And then, you know, when nobody was looking, they'd take a whack at that rock or at the golf ball in their pocket. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily, it didn't start off as an 18-hole or a 36-hole or any of that game. It was like, 
I'm gonna have a go at this. <laughs> <laughs> that was that because like they weren't allowed to play. They weren't allowed Sundays, to play on so the they, Sabbath. Like, That's why St. Andrew's old course is closed. Yeah. You know, and it's just a it's just a public walkway on Sundays to the beach. Yeah, because. And there are the wonderful old pictures that they'd have where the parson has looked over the, the, the edge of the hill and seen the guy secretly, <laughs> you know, playing this, this idle game and then on the Sabbath. Back, then they all go back to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's a walking stick. Exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, so golf clubs, yes, a very useful thing. Yeah. I don't know. I... I just think about, I guess I like read golf websites and golf magazines a lot, and all so many of the things you think about that they're they're like talking about are, I guess this is a completely imaginary scenario, but like they're not really what anyone really likes about golf if they think down to it. Like, read an article like so many words about, do you need your wedges to be fifty degree, fifty four and fifty eight, or fifty two, fifty six, sixty, and it's like. Not, that wouldn't be a conversation like any of us would have in this. Well, you know, in we this might, we might, but but now that you've put us into an apocalyptic, yeah. post-apocalyptic world, I mean, we're we're stripped down naked here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've we have, but oh, you did give us a fully stocked golf shop, yeah. but then you imposed rules on us. <laughs> <laughs> you only get to choose one. No, I'm just first. curious. I'm just curious, like where the you know what what it is that you know in this imaginary scenario it's useful because it's like well then what would you do okay we play catch for a little bit that's you know would we would we want if we let's say we found a new a new stranger also found the course and we were going to like teach them how to play the game how you know how would we you know how would you teach them pete i guess some of the things you're talking about earlier probably the same line along the lines of how you would teach someone to play golf well you know i mean i think you find stuff let's say you didn't have a golf course in a pro shop okay Let's say you just, you know, you said, jeez, what are we going to do here, mm. you know, in this wilderness? Mm-hmm. Well, let's, you know, find a stick and hit something. And, uh, you know, and, and so we do. We find a stick and we, we hit something. And then and we, um, and we put some loft on it because we want to get the, the Chucky Stone, you know, uh, the Tom Morris, old Tom Morris talked about. That's what they practice with his kids, beach rocks. And uh, uh, and you say, uh, let's give it a whack. Let's see if you can do this. See if you can keep it on the path. Let's see if you can hit that tree trunk. Let's see if you can hit the tree, period. Get the, get the, the branches to rustle on that bush. Now, I mean, ultimately, can you hit that knot hole? I mean, how, you know, what do you want to get it down to? I mean, we can keep making this a more, a different challenge, right? And I think that's what we do. Wow, this is fun. Let's bet on it. Or let's play, you know, a series of games, a series of challenges. Oh, I, I'm up two challenges to one. You won one, I won two. And, uh, you know, let's have a beer. There's some back in the pro shop. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a lot. We would we would certainly forget about our our circumstances. Like if you yeah, think about that, you? we walk oh, up sure. to that pro shop, we'd forget yeah. everything that's been going on, and we'd be in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you like? Do you ever notice that aspect of golf? Like now, I do more now. 
I have a better, greater appreciation for it now than I did um, when I was playing competitively. I think because I'm not playing as much, so I, so I appreciate the time to get out, and I'm noticing and aware more of like what there is to appreciate, right? The people I'm with, the competition of it, the golf course, the way it's maintained, the design of the golf course, yeah. you know, the landscape. And so I think that's really hard to see as a younger person um, who... Like, I think about our students, these junior golfers who play all these country clubs on the North Shore, who, like, that's, that's do you realize you what you, where yeah. you're playing? Like, you played yeah. Shore Acres, and then you played Bobble Link in the afternoon, or, you know, something like that. And so, yeah. I just think it's hard when, when you, you know, you get that, you get that opportunity so often. So, I'm noticing it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that... Uh, think that you know when you when you look at shots that you you know that you want would like to play mm-hmm. you know if you didn't have a golf course what would you like to do I mean I, I'm my mind right now goes to a, a loft door on an old red barn and I'm gonna hit it through that through that door you know, or I'm going to rattle it off the side of that barn into that water trough. Watch, watch this. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's you know, you get pretty skillful at that stuff. You think you could play golf? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking what uh, you know. Let's just say a person who's a member at Shore Acres, if you brought them to Canal Shores, you know, May, you'd be like, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing here? This, this place De- is, definitely. you know, definitely this place is terrible. But, you know, if they were in the, the apocalypse and Canal Shores is the only course, they would, there's something they would love about it. Yeah. And I don't think people think about that. No. You know, they think it's. No. About the courses you play or the scores you can shoot, but right. I think there's something else. Keep. There's something else in it that they love about it that maybe they don't acknowledge. Recognized, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's true. You know, I, I well, I th- no, I think I doubtlessly think it absolutely it's true. Is true, right? Yeah. Well, but some, you know, they 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 get so far away from it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember. Have you guys ever played the burn down in? Uh, down south, it's a uh, it's a country golf course. Yeah. I think you took us down there years yeah. ago. It had it. I don't know whether it had nine or eighteen holes, but it started as a nine hole course that this guy just built, and it, it had some of the most incredible golf shots you've ever seen. But it was just a country golf course. I mean, literally, if you hit it off the pretty much off the fairway, or maybe ten yards of rough, you were in grass up to your armpits so it was gone right there was no finding it so so satisfying the experience of shooting a score was like oh that's gonna get frustrating Mm. and we sent a guy down there uh because we joe bosco and i loved the golf course we just loved the the challenge of the shots out there we thought everybody would love it and so there was a guy who was taking, and his son who was taking lessons from Joe, and he was like the CEO of something or other. And Joe recommended he goes down, plays the burn. I, the guy was insulted. 
that Joe would send him to such a rat trap. It's got a runway. It's got a grass runway that the owner uses to fly in and out. And, like, and it's just country. You know, it's, yeah. it's every bit of the operation. And, and yes, he couldn't see any virtue yeah. to uh, the challenge of, of those shots. And, and so I don't think he saw... you know, uh, particular looks and challenges that he thought, wow, this is a test. I don't think he, I think he, he looked at, at the other stuff, you know, yeah. how prestigious is this? Yeah. How good do I feel about myself that I'm, I'm here. Sure. This is, you know, my kind of place. These are my kind of people. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I, but that's why this is such a good, a good thought experiment. Cause yeah. if he was, you know, ten years post-apocalypse with his son, and they stumble upon this country course. There is something he would be thrilled to do. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Um, yeah, that would stimulate it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's do this. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, no, we don't do that. I mean, yeah. you know, until you force those guys to hit the ball into the net, do you think they ever would have? seen the fun and what they eventually did. Who, Rob and Steve? Rob and Steve. You know, before we came up here, you know, uh, uh, Andy came in and I was, you know, fetching balls from the back, chipping them back to the tee line and stuff. And uh, and so Andy had said, you know, you think if you uh, brought the net in like that, that the ball could roll off the net? And I said, yeah, it did. You know, it can. If you can make a half pipe in here and do it. And, uh, and, uh, so he, you know, he invited the guys to use the range in a different way. That you know, you could put two guys in there, and they could be just like hitting moving balls and whacking the ball like it was they were playing, uh, what's that, like squash or the handball yeah, like racket inside ball. racket ball? Yeah. Exactly, that's what I was looking for. And you know, firing with, with trust and confidence, and just the vision of hitting it off the wall and eventually or quickly Rob used his wedge and hit the ball up it hits the top of the net and he catches it before it lands and he said you know and so these guys are like now turn this this space into um, you know golf training which doesn't look like golf training yeah no it's great. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's enough batting topic around. I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts yeah. about no, post-apocalypse? I, I, I just think, um, you know, I think it takes people like you, Andy, and Pete to, like, bring some of this um, some of this thought up, right? I just think it's easy as a golfer to get caught up in, you know, score, 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 better, better, better. And, uh, and I think everything that's really out there in the golf world is, is highlighting improvement in what you should be doing to get better. And it's not highlighting the appreciation of the game or looking at it a different way, right? Yeah. So if you're not around that, I could see some people getting swept yeah. away by it, right? And I love that that's what our academy is doing is, is trying to, you know, look at the health of our player, and mm -hmm. and try to help them understand well, why do you play the game, right? What do you like about this? Um, and for them to have some control in their situation. So, yeah. um, 
control the yeah. situation. Yeah, that's that's such a big deal. Because I mean, really, when kids are coming along, the idea that they could control their situation hasn't been established. Sure. Their parents are, you know, they haven't separated from their parents. Their parents are the decision makers largely, and you know, and and how to, you know, learn to take control of your experience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, rather than just have it be, you know, oh, I didn't like that experience. It was a bad experience. It was a, that's not a good thing to do. You know, it's like, why? Why is that? You weren't, a, you weren't able to find enjoyment in that? Sure. You know, it has to be what you believe, mm -hmm. uh, the things that you believe uh, about it that, that make it, that you couldn't find fun in it. Yeah. You've got to think it could lead to better performance in the long run thinking about different things like this you imagine pete you said like we'd love to see the ball roll on the green you know if you have a 50 you could imagine also though someone now who has a 50 foot putt and they're like oh god it's a 50 foot putt it's a disaster it's so hard how am i ever going to do this and that's how they're approaching the shot versus in post-apocalypse it's like wow this is this is awesome. This is cool. Let's what? see how we can do it. Yeah. And so yeah. if you could get to that mindset, you're going to be able to do it better, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're moving towards something eagerly yeah. as opposed to, you know, playing prevent defense and, you know, thinking, oh, God. Yeah. You know, uh, that's why that, that artist that, that created all those, those wild scenes like like playing to a green that sat on top of uh, monument rocks and the Grand Canyon. I mean, you're throwing tracers out there, you know, through the air, trying to intercept or hit that thing. Chichi Rodriguez, you know, uh, you know what he would he would do? He'd go out and he'd hit a high cut, and then he'd he'd whack a high cut, and then he'd step to the next one and hit a hook and see if he could get the balls to collide. <laughs> oh, now how about that for fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Chris, thanks for dropping in. Pleasure to have you here. Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Well, here it comes.